Happy Thanksgiving. I've voted, have you? Not yet? I won't be here on election day, so we went and voted uh, already this Friday or something, I don't remember, sometime this week. Do remember to do that, because a vast majority of the people on this planet don't get to have free elections. We're pretty blessed. Well, I'm interested to see where today goes. If you'd asked me when today what we were going to do, I have a nice sermon all prepared about people who are maybe not the known or the famous and how they can be significantly used by God. And as the week went on, it got worse and worse for me. Worse by worse, I mean unsettled. Last night I came into the living room after spending time with, with, with God on what I was going to do or not going to do. Sat down, it was about 7 o'clock and 7.30, and Mary goes, well, how's your sermon coming? It's not quite time for the hockey game yet because I record it, and then I usually start around 9 o'clock because I don't like to watch all the commercials. So I usually start around 9 o'clock. And I said, well, I'm convinced I'm not supposed to do this wonderful little sermon I had all laid out. So somewhere along the line, you're going to get a sermon that's been prepared this week that's all ready to go. It's one of those times, and I'm sharing with you why I'm just some of the process. Sometimes it just doesn't work quite the way we expect. God does other things. So she says, well, how are you doing? I go, well, it's not working very good. She goes, what are you going to do tomorrow? And I go, I don't know, which is really not what I like to do on Saturday night. And I rarely, rarely do that. I'm a teacher, and I like to have it all laid out, put together, all my verses and everything. And then, so I said, I don't know. So I finally go to bed after <clears throat> the Leafs finally won a game again. So that was good. I did. It was no sign from heaven, but I thought it was nice. I went to bed, and I said, okay, God, you've got to make something clear to me. And I'm laying there, and all this stuff is just going rattling around in my head, and I think, you've got to get something clear. The last thing I did was I, I plugged on a um, podcast. The guy who was speaking got up and said, you know, last night I just couldn't land on anything. I had all this stuff going on in my head. And so this sermon that I've got is something that God just put into my heart right now. And I go, okay, God, you got to do that. I'm tired and I don't have a sermon. So I woke up today and I have something for you. My Thanksgiving gift for you is in this sermon. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Turn to or find it in your phone. I think many of us have probably heard this at one point in time, but most of us haven't landed on it, and fewer yet live in it. Are we there yet? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I, I didn't turn there because I memorized it long time ago. I don't know if you've noticed that if you ever read about, in Luke chapter 4, if you read about Jesus being tempted directly by the enemy, what does Jesus do? He responds, it is written. And I want to encourage every one of you, if you are under attack and you know you're being attacked, you're being fed stuff that is not true, 
The way to respond is not to have a dialogue with the enemy. Hello? Jesus responded, it is written. There's a reason why we need to memorize the word. We need to know where it's at because when we get attacked, our response is, it is written. Out of all of what God has to say, this verse is the response to what the enemy wants to try to do to us. Thank you. Spoken by a guy who knows how to respond to an attack. Amen. And I would suggest to you that Romans 8.1 is one of the least used responses to one of the most common attacks that we deal with. Romans 8.1 says, There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word no in the Greek means no, none, zero, nada. If you are being condemned for something, it's coming from hell. Hello? No, I think we got it. If you are being condemned for something... I'm not good enough. I didn't do the right thing. I said the wrong thing. I should have done better. I should have tried harder. I should have done, and you fill in the blank. If you are being condemned for it, it's coming from hell. Because, what does this verse say? No condemnation. God is serious about this thing. He says there is no condemnation. The only reason... It's like it, it hasn't gone in yet with everybody. And that's okay because we're used to living in it. We live in a society that puts people down all the time. It's like rampant. Comedy now is how well you can put someone down. No condemnation. If you said yes to Jesus and you're here today... God says you are exempt from condemnation. You don't have to put up with it. This could be shouting words for some people. You mess up during the week. You go, oh, man, that was so bad. What? A, I, I'm just, I'm not any good at this. I'm not a good whatever. Guess where that's coming from? Why am I spending so much time here? Because we, most of us, and I've talked with lots of you, most of us still live with condemnation. About, a, I don't know, a decade ago or something like that, we had a, a family camp at Axe Fellowship. We got T-shirts that, that year. T-shirts would be fun sometime, right? Maybe we'll work it into the next, next year's camp. On the back of the shirt was Condemnation Free Zone. Can you imagine if we came here every single week, we brought somebody new, and they had complete confidence there would be zero condemnation? You think it'd be easier to get people to church? Fight your friends. Hey, you had a bad week. People have been beating you up you know, verbally. Come to our church. It's condemnation-free zone. 
Why is it condemnation-free? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not good enough. I can't, you know, whatever. You're not pretty enough. You're not eloquent enough. Man, if it was about eloquence, I would have quit a long time ago. I didn't start out with eloquence. No condemnation. feels like it's starting to get in for some of us a little bit. None. Whenever we are condemned, God never comes to you. Even when you sin, even when you do stuff wrong, even when you say things, I'm good at saying wrong things or, or even right things wrong ways. I'm good at that. But if I get condemned by it, it's not God. No condemnation. See, part of this thing that I don't know where we're going is exactly is I don't have notes. So I'm going, now where, God? And what I feel like God wants us to do right now, we're not going to do altar calls, okay? So just, you can be comfortable, you get to stay there. I want everybody, please, to respect people around you. If you're in the lobby now, hello? If you're in the lobby, I want you to do this anyway. Everybody, close your eyes. Bow your head, position yourself before God. Everybody, we want to honor those, even if you don't want to do this. If you think this is dumb, we should only do it later, that's okay. But to honor and respect what I believe Holy Spirit wants to do here right now, bow your head. God wants to set some people free. If you have experienced condemnation in the last week, just put up your hand just for a minute. Condemnation, where you were, something said to you, you're not okay. You said it to yourself. Keep them up for just a minute. Nobody's looking. Father, you see the hands that are raised right now. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we break the condemn condemnation, the words spoken that said you are not, you can't, you shouldn't, you wouldn't, you will never be able to. You're inferior, ineffective, unable in Jesus' name. Every word spoken against the, the hands that are raised now, it stops today in Jesus' name. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we declare and agree that you are free from that word spoken against you, even if you said it about yourself, you are free today because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, what would you like to receive in its place? Because, see, you got condemned and said you were bad. So as you're sitting here before God now, what do you want to receive? That's more specific. You go to the specific thing that you deal with where you get condemned. Let's just say you're not good enough. God, I'm not good enough. People say, you know, you're not good enough. You're not getting a raise. I can't do this thing. Whatever it is. We just said you're not condemned. What do you want to receive? Acceptance? Freedom? Freedom? Whatever it was, 
you, you can receive the opposite of what you were condemned for because there's no condemnation. So right now, those of you who prayed this, or if you just want to get a, you know, a top up from something where the enemy tends to attack you, God, right now, I receive acceptance, beauty, wisdom, favor, pleasure, enjoyment, gratitude. God, I receive that now. That's mine because that's what heaven is saying to me about me. There is no condemnation. Amen? Repeat multiple times over the next year, every time that voice comes and says, you can't, you won't, you shouldn't, you'll never get there. You can't make it happen. It will not happen in your life because you're defective in some way. You can intentionally disagree with that and receive God's heart for you. University ladies, the performance thing that said to you, you have to perform in order to be okay or you won't be good enough. Jesus says to you, you already started out good enough. You are okay. Every time the world says, unless you do this, you will not be accepted, God says, that's not true. You're absolutely, totally accepted. The things you have dreamed about in your life that people have said you haven't studied enough, you're not qualified for, God says, I qualify you. And in Jesus' name, the performance to be acceptable gets broken today. Stretch out your hands to these ladies. And anybody else who's in university, I mean, Jeannie, you're right behind them and stuff. All the girls, wherever you can find them that are in university, in Jesus' name, performance stops today because they are fully acceptable. Each one of them is fully acceptable, fully loved, fully blessed. The purposes of God in their life are significant right now and cannot be annulled by the lies of the enemy. And we bless you with the certainty that God has a good plan for you and he will not stop, he will not withdraw until you're able to step into every single thing that God has for you. Amen? What's Romans 8.1? No condemnation. If you said yes to Jesus, condemnation is illegal. Few of you are getting it. I'm seeing a couple nods now. I could land here a little bit longer. But a question that's going to come up perhaps is, well, if I don't get condemned, if God, how does God go about pointing out things that are wrong? You're in Romans still, right? Back up a couple of chapters. Romans chapter 2. Now, Paul's talking about how God makes righteous judgment. And verse 4 says this. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing, and get this, not realizing that God's kindness leads us to repentance. 
See, when God comes and he sees something that goes wrong in my life and I do something, you know, that's just like beyond stupid. Can you go beyond stupid? I go beyond stupid when I mess up sometimes. And we've done that. God does not come, get in your face and go, you are a sinner. You screwed up so much. He doesn't do that. Why? What does Romans 8, 1 say? Thank you, brother. There is no condemnation. He does not come and get in your face and beat you up further. Look, most of the time when I mess up, I'm plenty aware that I've made mistakes. Most of us, yeah. We do something wrong or somebody else tells us how bad we are. We know when we've messed up most of the time. God's kindness leads us to repentance. Hello? God comes up and he goes, hey, I know you're feeling bad about that thing and stuff, but you know what? I can help you with that. I've forgiven you from all that. I I can give you strength in that area that doesn't work. I can give you material to shoot back at the enemy with. God comes in his kindness. And it's God saying, I've got better for you than what you've experienced so far. All that stuff that's been thinking, going on, even if it's sin that's caused a kind of a break in our relationship, God says, I can fix that. Jesus died to fix all of that. It's, oh my gosh, I want to, I, I want to be with God when I sin or I have a problem or did something wrong because his kindness has already made a way for me to get reconnected. God is so kind. Oh, I just messed up. Where's God? I got to go find God because he is going to be kind to me, even if I'm beating myself up. Do do other people do it? Am I just the only person that does all these dumb things? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I did it again for the 387th time this year. I can help you with that. I'm good at forgiveness. I'm good at grace. Grace simply means God's empowering ability to do what I cannot do on my own. God, I can't get over this thing. The next time somebody puts on you, and maybe it's inside your head, I'm not good enough. You said, God, give me grace. You made me good enough. You help me believe what I cannot believe on my own. That's how God comes to us. When we do something that's either a sin against God, we make mistakes, we hurt other people, we offend people and stuff, the world comes and says, you're bad, you're not good enough, you're not okay. That's the world's way. Romans 8.1 says, no condemnation. If you're trafficking in condemnation, you're using the world system. God comes and says, I can help. I've got the solution for whatever is wrong. God's kindness leads us into repentance. See, it isn't, repentance is not just forgiveness. Repentance is thinking a different way than we did before. Because see, when I repent, I not only realize, oh, I'm, I'm not an idiot. 
I'm a child of God. I'm thinking differently. When God comes, he doesn't just get us back to zero. He moves us forward into a positive direction. Are you hearing me? No condemnation. But his kindness leads me into repentance about thinking about myself, what I do, how I do it, the way I do it, in a different way. We were talking in cell group last Friday about evangelism and sharing Jesus with other people. And the model that we've tended to have is, I'm saved, you're not saved, I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. I'm forgiven, you're a sinner. Isn't it? For a lot of us, that's what we learned? And then we wonder why on earth we don't want to do evangelism. I don't want to do that. I don't want somebody coming up to me and going, you know, you're like totally screwed up. I have good news for you because God said share good news. I get to spend eternity with God. You're going to hell. God's kindness leads us to repentance. We were talking about the whole issue of sin. And do we need to talk about sin? Um, No, not really. Not in the conversion process. Because what are we doing? We have good news, right? The good news is whatever stuff you have, God will take care of it. Every place you felt separated, God will connect. Good news. His kindness leads to repentance. What about all the rules that we are supposed to have? There are no rules. God gives us a framework to restore relationship. God says, thou shalt not lie because if I lie to Mary, that's going to damage relationship. Right? It isn't because God wants to have a bunch of rules. He goes, I want relationship to work so much, don't lie. Because lying damages relationship. But if I lie, I'm still not condemned. God forgive me and restore because his kindness leads me to change the way I think. I need to not lie to this woman because every time I do, it's going to damage. I don't really have made a practice of lying to her because it really does screw our relationship up a lot. If I do that, we have a breakdown. If I lie at work and they find out, there's a breakdown. He didn't make rules to make our lives miserable. He gave us these commandments that says, if you do these 10 things, the integrity of relationship won't be broken. You'll have a nicer life. You don't have to follow them. But he gave it so that we can stay in relationship with him. He says, don't worship other gods. If your God is money, your kids, your kids' performance... What do the people think of you? 
Don't have other gods. Why? Because money will become more important than God. And now all of a sudden, we don't have this quality relationship with God because something got in the way. All of what he tells us is not about performance. It's about relationship and saying, how do we restore this thing? God says, I'm not condemning you. My kindness, God says. My kindness brings you to repentance, to change the way you think about things. What if we did that with our families? What if we did that in our relationship with God? No condemnation because God's kindness leads us to repentance. Remember, I don't have notes this time, so I've got to find out where I'm going next. Okay. I feel like what God wanted me to do is not to necessarily um, point out a group of people or something. There, there's several people here, and if this witnesses to your heart, it's God speaking it to you, but I feel constrained to not call particular people out. If this doesn't apply, file away. Maybe you can use it sometime for somebody else. But that there are a number of people here who have just really contended with coming to God with the stuff that's not working in their life. God's word for you today is, God says, I am so much kinder than you know or have ever experienced. I am so much more willing to help you with the hard spots, the wounded spots, the difficult spots, the painful spots in your life. I'm not coming to beat you up. I'm coming to restore, to help you change the way you see yourself. Some of this stuff is old stuff. Damages through, through marriage and parents and other relatives that spoke into your life. And God says, this is your season because I'm not coming to beat you up or tell you what's wrong. I'm coming to tell you my grace is sufficient because my power is made perfect in your weakness. If you need that verse, that's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God desires to get you free. That's his whole point. That's his whole vocabulary. God's vocabulary is not about condemnation. It is about reclaiming, restoration, and moving forward in a different direction.
I'm not sure all of what's happening, but the environment just changed here. There's a weight here now, and Holy Spirit is speaking to people now. The last thing I feel like God said to talk about today is in Proverbs. And this may be one you've memorized too. It's one I've memorized. I have to look it up because I learned it in four different versions. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These two verses are impossible if we do not walk in the reality of Romans 8, 1 and Romans 2, 4. We will get condemned if we're trying to do it without God's grace. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. There's two things that are significant in this verse. It's one word. The word is all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, this whole thing doesn't work if it's split. He says, you will have no other gods before me because we either trust in God with all our heart or we're trusting in something else more. Nope, this is going to work the way it's going to work because I trust God. We have a daughter that right now is teetering in the edge of heaven or not being in heaven with, with Jesus forever. I'm not worried about it. He can't beat me up over the things I didn't do perfectly to keep her in the kingdom, to share with her the right way. She's got some of the most fabulous God-hearing stories. Some of the most specific things I've ever gotten in my life have been about her. She knows God's the real deal. She's been healed, all that kind of stuff, and she still isn't quite there. I've got a choice to say, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm either going to trust in God or I'm going to feel condemned because I didn't do a good enough job to keep her in the kingdom. No, if you're a parent, you've been a parent for longer than about 15 minutes, you've had this one. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. God, I trust you more than my ability to do the right thing so that my daughter will for sure be in heaven. Hello? What is the thing that your final bottom line trust is as a parent? God or you? Now, we have to cooperate with him best we can, but last time I checked, there's no perfect parents. Which means you're either going to trust God or you're going to trust you as the final source for everything that comes and happens in your kid's life. Had a great conversation with our son last night. Just made me feel good. Got to do my dad thing for a little while. It was fun. Haven't got to do my dad thing with our oldest daughter for a while. Yeah, it came up because the enemy likes to do that. Every once in a while, he just checks and goes, yeah, you, you know, you, what you had with, with Garrett didn't happen with Corinne. I go, yeah, so leave me alone because there's no condemnation. My trust is in God's ability to break through in Corinne's life in a way that would be meaningful for her beyond what I've been able to share and tell her to do. To whom do you plant your trust? How's your business doing? To whom do you plant your trust? How's your marriage doing? How's your health doing? 
to whom do you plant your trust? This verse only functions one way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you're split between two, a house divided against itself cannot stand, Jesus said. We're either all in, in gambling nomenclature. We push in every day, all in with God. Or we keep all the chips here and give it to somebody else. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. To whom do you trust for whatever thing is hanging on your life right now? The place where you've been condemned. Oh, I'm never going to feel confident enough myself. I'm never going to re- you know, really be able to just quiet that con- condemning voice or whatever. Where's your trust? This verse goes because of the word all. The one thing that God is, is he says, I will not share my glory with anybody. All or nothing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. It doesn't mean we turn our brain off. But when we're, caught, when we're dealing with a number of things, how are we going to do this now? And God says, do this. Funny story about, because it's a little heavy now, but I just felt the spirit lift for a little bit, so I think I can do this. We had two daughters. One of them was really pretty good, they're, but they're, uh, in terms of, you know, obedience and all that kind of thing, Corinne was more challenged. She kind of didn't have quite so much of that going on. And it was kind of hard to figure out how to exactly discipline her. Like, when she would be difficult in the family and stuff, and, you know, if we sent Stephanie to her room, that was really punishment because Stephanie's very social and connected and all that kind of stuff, kind of like Mary. Personality-wise, Corinne, when she wasn't doing well, would either withdraw or be angry or push people away or something. So we're, we're trying to figure out what to do with her, and Corinne was being real difficult. And one night, Holy Spirit says, try this. Corinne, you need to go to your room until you're able to come out and treat the rest of the family nice. She goes, yeah. And I go, wait, wait, wait. Can't do that. God says, you need to start thinking differently. So the, what, the thing I want to share is really funny for us. It wasn't for them. Corinne had been really, really difficult, really struggling. She was isolating, being in a room and everything else like that. So I said, okay, Corinne. Sit down. We got to talk. She says, you're going to send me to my room, right? I go, no. I'm going to give you $20. You have to go to the mall for four hours, and you cannot come back unless you show me a receipt that you've spent the $20 in the mall that I tell you you have to go to. Now, normal kids, what are you going to do? Yay! God is my witness, and Mary is if, 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 he, if he's busy right now. She goes, no, don't do that. <coughs> I'm going, oh, that must have been you, God. She was so mad. Of course, Stephanie goes up, punish me, punish me, punish me. 
Yeah, you go to your room. (laughs) Don't lean on your own understanding. God, I trust you fully. What do you want me to do in this situation? I don't know what to do. I've tried all the things the book said and everything else. What do you want me to do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, whatever I'm going to do, parenting, teaching, whatever it is, going to the grocery store, whatever the thing is, you are my, you are my God. I'm going here with you. If you say do something else, I'm going to do something else. If you say do the same thing I did last time, I'll do the same thing I did last time. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and then what will happen? It's the thing we're looking for, and he will direct your paths. But see, we start at the end of this prayer and go, okay, God, help me out now. Direct where I'm going. I just need to know where you're going. He goes, could we back up just a little bit? God is God, and we're not. He doesn't put us in a place where we can do anything and then just go, okay, God, make sure it works for me. Doesn't work that way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, even when it doesn't make sense. Now, this all implies that you know how to hear God's voice. And if you don't, we've got a equipping class for that. Talk to your house church leader and they'll help your cell group leader. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Bathroom. I just felt like the Lord wanted you to know he has seen that you have trusted him with all your heart. When you've done stuff in quiet, when you've had to go get, you know, driving people around and doing all those kinds of things, and it's like, God, this is hard. When you've done it through pain, God, I'm not healed. When you've done it, when it was hard to do that, God wants you to know, Bahram, I know you trust me. I know you trust me. And son, I'm proud of you. When the angels come around and say, who who are we talking about today? Sometimes I bring your name up, God says. Say, here's a man who trusts me who walks with me regardless of the circumstances. I felt like he wanted to add, he said, Vahram, you are so not done. Because you've been thinking about that. Maybe it's like, maybe I just need to pull back. Maybe it's about time to do that. I don't know where this is all going to fit. I'm not sure I can keep doing this. God says, you're not done. Because it's hard for me to find a man who is integrous of heart who has given his heart wholly to me and will be faithful even in the little things that other people say are not particularly meaningful. They're meaningful in heaven. And God says, I've noticed. You've trusted me with all your heart. And it's my good pleasure to say, son, you are not done yet. There's some stuff to do that will influence the kingdom here on earth. And any word that's come to you that thought that comes, maybe I should just pack it in. Maybe I should just be done. In Jesus' name.
the attack of the enemy that says you just need to give up stops today. And I bless you with a renewed youth spirit that will carry you into this next season of exploits for the kingdom of God. If this registered with anybody else, you can have that one too. He will direct your paths. Check it. He is going to direct your path. You're almost on the other end of the spectrum from where Vahram was. We're looking at there's not anything particularly going on. I'm waiting for the wife to get the recording ready. You are like on the other end of the spectrum from where Vafram is. There's so much out there available to you. And God says, I love the way you think. I just love it. Because so many people are so confined and so restricted by stuff. And you're not. He wants you to know you're walking in the way he's created you to be. Even when it's like, God, you know, I need some people kind of around me to think like I do. and be like, He says, I haven't got very many people like that. But it pleases me so much that you're willing to walk, even when most other people just aren't designed that way. You're a guy with almost too many options sometimes. And God says, I'm raising a son who will understand what's good and what's best. And out of all of the ideas and the creativity and all of the interesting and different perspectives that you walk in, God says, I will direct your path because, son, I know you have given me your whole heart. And there was a war for about a decade about who who was going to have control of your heart. And God says, that's settled now in heaven. I understand that. And even when you try to take it back a little bit, God says, I know you're willing to give it right back to me. And he says, son, I will direct your paths. You are going to land on the things that I have for you to do. And you will miss the things that aren't my best for you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Everybody here, I bless you and release you to freely never be condemned again. God calls us to him and encourages us in the places that are weak. And he says, my kindness brings you to repentance. And he says, you trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding as the final statement of everything in your life. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And God says, the city river, as we continue to acknowledge him first, he is going to direct us. I don't know where we're going to be in church. I don't know where the next building's coming from. We haven't gotten it yet. I don't know if we're going to add more people, if we're going to have less people. I don't know if we're going to have another church join us or we're just going to stay the way we are. I don't know who's going to be my replacement. I'm not doing this forever. I turn 65. I get to retire at some point. I'm still hanging with my family, but I'm not going to be a senior pastor forever. But he's got somebody in mind. It's his problem. We're doing this together. But I'm saying to you, City River, if we continue to trust him with all our heart, 
He will lead our paths. Individually and collectively. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for this fabulous company of people. I am thankful that I get to walk with people like this. I am honored to be able to walk with a company of people like this. And Father, as we stand before you this week, that we would make no place for condemnation, that we would fully accept the kindness to lead us into a different way of thinking, and we would trust you with all our hearts that you are going to lead us into everything you purposed and desired for us to do. Everyone said? Have a condemnation-free week. Bless you guys. I'll see you in about three weeks. I'm leaving for Hong Kong Tuesday night, so I'll be in Asia for two weeks doing, teaching people about how to hear God's voice because that's usually what I get on the plane for. So have a couple. Henny will be back, so he'll talk. Have a fabulous time. We'll see you in November.